All right, good evening, everyone. Welcome back. We get together for another Thursday night wrap-up roundup. Chumash and Shalom Shir cruising into home plate over here. Another beautiful, action-packed week. And <clears throat> we got Parsha Shlach on the table. That's right, Parsha Shlach. Whose bar is the Parsha this Menachem? Someone in your family, actually. Chavi. <laughs> no, not Chavi. Shlaimi, that's right. Shlaimi's bar mitzvah parsha. Shlach, that's right. Our bechor, our oldest. Shlaimi Zaman, his bar mitzvah parsha was Shlach. And so far, Shlaimi is only one of two Reber boys that's actually lain the entire parsha. The other one was Chavi. Menachem. The other one was Menachem. Um, but this is parsha Shlach. Either way. And <clears throat> let's let's um, go maybe into exploring an area which I don't know if we've touched on this in previous years, but let's touch on that area this year. So we're going to look at the Miraglim. We're going to start off with the Miraglim, the spies. We know the spies is one of the more tragic, bitter, depressing, more depressing areas of the Torah. We had the chance to go into Eretz Yisrael. Could have been there in three days. We are a three-day journey from Eretz Yisrael, and <clears throat> we blew it. We blew it by... Um, feeding into the, by first dispatching the spies, sending the spies all together, and then feeding into it, and accepting the slanders report as truth and as fact, refusing to go in. Everybody cried the entire night, that was Tisha B'Av, and Hashem said, that's it, you guys aren't coming to Israel. You, 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 you said you're not interested in coming, so don't come, you don't want to go in, don't come in, you guys are all going to die in the desert, over the next 40 years, your kids are going to get to go in, and this creates a night of mourning, of weeping for all generations up until this very day. And if Mashiach Hashem doesn't come between now and Tishabav, Hashem, we're going to have yet another Tishabav that we're going to sit on the floor and cry and weep because of what happens in this parsha. Now we know that there were the tzaddikim from the Miraglim. There were 12 spies, 10 of them, an entire minion, an entire minion of spies got together and had this evil plot and dastardly plan where they spread these slanderous reports about Eretz Yisrael to try to discourage everybody from going in. And two of the spies stood strong, Kalev and Yehoshua. Kalev and Yehoshua said, we can do it, Rabbi said, we can do this. We, we, got, this, we got this down. We'll just follow the Rebbein Yisraelim, follow the Eberster, we can do this, we can pull this off. So I want to look at a phrase that they used when they were telling the rest of Klai Yisrael that we can pull this off, we can make this happen, we can get this down and get this done, I want to look at a specific um, choice of words and a, a um, phrasing and a, a, a figure of speech that they use over here. And we'll try to, you know, focus in on that a little bit and try to figure that out. So this is Perik Yud Gimel. Perik Yud Gimel. I'm sorry, Perik Yudalit. Perik Yudalit, that's chapter 14. Pasik Zayn, let's start from Pasik Zayn. Yudalit Zayn. Yeah, so Yudalit Zayn. So here's where Kalev and Yeshua come to defend uh, the Rebbein Shalalim and, and try to make a push, 
try to make a push that no, we can do this, we can go into our soul, we'll be okay. So look at what we have over here. Vayoyimru, they said, They said to, to all the Yidin saying the following, This land that we traveled the breadth and the width of for 40 days to explore it, to spy it out, says Yeshua and Kalev, This land is amazing. This land is geschmack. This land is wonderful. It's great. It's the best. It's the very best. Pazichas. If Hashem wills and desires for us to be able to conquer it, if Hashem wants us to conquer it, we can get it in this land flowing with honey. Don't rebel against the Rebbeinu Shalaylam. Don't, don't, don't try to, don't disobey. Don't disobey. He's telling us we can do it. We can do it. Don't be afraid of the inhabitants over here. Why shouldn't we be afraid of the inhabitants? Say, Kalev and Yeshua. Why shouldn't we? Why should we not be afraid of the fearsome, terrifying giants of the Canaanites, of all the Goyim, the scary Goyim that are inhabiting Eretz Yisrael? So what do they say? For they are our bread. They're our lechem. The Canaanim, the giants, these people are our bread. That's interesting. Their bread. They're, they are our bread. That's an interesting choice of, 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 of speech over there, right? Interesting choice of words. Interesting figure of speech. They are our bread. These guys are our bread. Their protectors are gone. Rashi says either referring to their mazel and shamayim, their Hashem has, has deposed their mazel, their guardian angel, or is referring to uh, Eoiv, Eoiv, who is no longer alive. So their protector is gone. Hashem is with us, Hashem is on our side. There's nobody to be afraid of, no one at all to be afraid of. So here's Kalev and Yoshua making a, a stand for, for following Hashem, not to not disobey. To follow along, we're going to be fine, we're going to be safe. And and they're promoting this idea that, you know, Hashem can pull it off. If Hashem says we're going to do it, we can do it. If Hashem says we can we can conquer, we, we'll be able to conquer. What's interesting, again, is this is this choice of the phrasing that they use over here. This 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 um, figure of speech that they use. We can take down the Canaan because they are our bread. What does it mean that they're our our they are our bread, the giants, the Canaanim. So Rashi says something. Let's look at Rashi. Rashi, Pusik Tes, says Rashi, they are our bread. So Rashi does say something over here. What, what do they mean when they say they are our bread? Says Rashi, we're going to gobble them up like bread. We're going to eat them up like bread. Okay, so... What did what light did Rashi shed on this on this uh, interesting choice of words in the pasuk? The pasuk says that Yeshua and Kalev say that they don't, you don't have to fear the Canaanim because they're our bread. And Rashi says, what does it mean they're our bread? So I would have said Shmir, right? Just like you shmear the bread with mayonnaise, right? We're going to shmear these guys, right? So Rashi doesn't say that. Rashi says we're going to gobble them up like bread. We're going to eat them up. Aha! Oh, okay. Now I got it. Now I understand Rashi. So we're going to we're going to eat them. We're going to eat up the Canaanim. We're going to eat the giants. And that's what Rashi says, right? Noichlem <laughs> kalechem. We're going to eat them like bread. No, this was Rashi telling us. Rashi's saying, yeah, you should take the Pasuk literally. That's interesting. 
we would expect Rashi to say there is easy to crush as bread. You got, you know, you take the bag of that that white, the Wonder Bread, right? It's very easy to make that into uh, reduce that to fraction of its size. Stuff is all full of uh, air and chemicals and stuff, right? There's the stuff that Wonder Bread, the white bread, and even even the pastoral equivalent that has stuff has a shelf life of what stays fresh for like 24 months, something like that. They designed it so it can go uh, on the space shuttle, I think. Anyway, so this bread is, you know, they have the really soft bread that you, you can squeeze to a pulp just like that, right? Very soft. Or or like Menachem saying, bread, they're our bread because we're going to smear them just like you smear the bread with peanut butter. Or their bread, we're going to like crush them just like you can crush a loaf of bread. I don't know. Rashi doesn't choose any of the above to explain the <clears throat> metaphor over here of they are our bread. Rashi actually says it's not a metaphor. Rashi says you take this very literally. So why is that nechama? We eat no, them we like bread. Them. Not only what is a nechama, what's the nechama? What does it mean? What does it mean we're going to eat them up? That's so strange. That's what the pasuk is saying. You take this pasuk literally. We're going to eat them up. See, here's where we have to, we have to, we have to dwell on this, everybody. So we got to try to figure this out. This, we can't go into Shabbos. Can't go into Parsha Shlach without really understanding um, what what the Torah is trying to tell me over here. What Rashi is trying to tell me. Okay, there's two things are it's bewildering and then baffling. The pasuk on its own is already bewildering. Why are we comparing? Why are we comparing the Kananim to bread? They're, they are our bread. But then it takes a baffling turn when we see that Rashi says what? Rashi says, yeah, you're supposed to take this literally, and we're really going to eat them up like bread. We wouldn't expect Rashi to say that. I I, I, I said the question from different ways, different approaches, a few different times over here. But I just want everyone to appreciate that that it is it's strange, right? And Rashi saying you take the pasuk literally, we're going to eat them up. We're going to aha. So we're going to eat the Kananim. We're going to eat the giants. That's what we're going to do when we get into Eretz Kanan. We're going to make a big barbecue, and we're going to eat them. Now, Zayish Tein Rashi, Noichlim Kalechem. So, Vaz Geito, what's going on over here at place? Baruch Hatzvadu, Noichlim Kalechem. I'm Shakoni Bedvare. So, have any of these beers been opened, Rabbi Say? I don't particularly enjoy this stuff, but someone opened them one already for himself. I would split it with them. Nachum Simcha, you looking to split one? I am. Budweiser. Whichever you like. I, I know. I don't know anything. Whatever you. Whatever you prefer, I'll split with you. Okay, Menachem, can you, Menachem, can you uh, grab two cups? Menachem, can you grab two cups? All right, all right, good. Shkayich, Shkayich, Avrami, Shkayich, Menachem. Shkayich, both of you. Shkayich, you both got the mitzvah. All right, so we got to figure this out. What's Neichlem Kalechem? What's Neichlem Kalechem? What does it mean we're going to eat them up? So, thank you very much. L'chaim. L'chaim. So, um, there's two ideas going on over here. Let's take them one at a time. There's an idea from the perspective of the Kananim, the fact that we're saying we're going to eat the Kananim like, we're going to eat the Kananim from the Kananim's perspective and from our perspective. Rashi's saying we're going to gob them up like bread. Let's ask another question. Let's shift sideways for a moment. We talk about bread. What, is, what does bread mean? What does bread represent? What's the idea of bread? When the Torah uses the, the, the term of bread. Parnas, okay, good. What, but, but more than that. Bread represents what? Life. Life. Excellent. Excellence. Bread is sustenance. Sustenance means to sustain. Bread keeps you alive. 
bread is there as food, is muzzin. Bread is life. Bread is, we know, is the staff of life. Bread is the Bread is the one thing that the Torah talks about bread is that everyone assumes that bread is equated with life. Flipping that around, what's the function of bread? What's, what's, what, what is bread there for? Bread is there to keep us alive. There's nothing else that bread is there for, right? The whole purpose of bread is to be consumed and eaten up by, by, by people. That's what bread is, is here for. The whole purpose of bread is to be consumed. purpose of bread is to, to be absorbed by something else. That's why it is here. Bread exists to be absorbed by human beings, to be eaten by human beings, to be consumed by human beings. So what are Yeshua and, and Kalev saying to Klai Yisrael? They're saying you got to put something in perspective. Yes, we know that the Canaanim are very scary. We know that the giants are very scary. We know that the spies came back with a very frightening report. Eretz Yisrael sounds like it's a terrifying place. We know all that. But at the same time, let's put something in perspective over here. These Canaanim, the Amorim, the giants and the people that live in Eretz Canaan, we're talking about people that are bad news. We're talking about people that are bad people. It, it, it was well known, and it's, it is well known, described in the Chumash, that where were the two worst places on earth at the time of the Exodus, at the time of ETS Mitzrayim, at the time of Antoiro, where were they the most morally depraved, the most morally bankrupt, where was the, mo- the most pretzos, the most immorality, most corruption in terms of just principles and and uh, ways of life. The two hotbeds, the two hotbeds of immorality, of pritzos, of tumah, was Mitzrayim, and where else? What? Eretz Canaan. Eretz Canaan and Mitzrayim were the two places, that were the worst places on earth. And and the Torah says earlier, we saw this in Vayikra, and Achrimais, Rebbeishim tells Klai Yisrael, don't emulate the Mitzrayim that you were around for 210 years, and don't emulate, emulate the Canaanim where you are arriving. The Canaanim and the Mitzrayim were like neck and neck for being the most morally bankrupt, depraved people on the planet. The Canaanim, these people, are very bad people. They were, they were, they were terrible. They were terrible in terms of how they lived, in terms of their lifestyle, in terms of the Tumah that they were wallowing in. It's not coincidental that this is where the giants were. Not by coincidence that the giants were found in Eretz Canaan, and that's where these giants were. The Sichain and Oig, who were in the Aver Hayardain, right on the other side of the Yardain, where they have Mixas Kedushas Eretz Yisrael, the giants that we had in Eretz Yisrael. It's not by coincidence, Rabbi Isai, that in Eretz Yisrael, where we're told you have the worst of the worst, the Canaanim are awful, they're terrible. Don't do what the Canaanim do. The Canaanim are into Arayus, they're into Avodah they're into Moiluch, they sacrifice, they sacrifice their kids, they, they, they um, have like zero scruples over here. No sense of morals, no sense of any kinds of principles. It's not by coincidence that this is the area where the giants are to be found. What does one have to do with the other? 
there's a scary principle which goes as follows. The more that a person makes himself <clears throat> an agent of filth, an agent of evil, an agent of tumah, an agent of all matters that go against God, that go against holiness, the more a person does that, the more a person actually is tapping into an earthly strength, an earthly empowerment. There's an idea like this, that a person, if he's like a, you know, a balavera, he does averas, does, doesn't have the highest moral standards, but, you know, he does it kind of in a shvacha way. He does it in a lackadaisical, in, you know, half-hearted, not, not a very determined fashion. No, okay, he's, he's uh, you know, kind of indecisive about who he is and how he wants to live his life and who he wants to be. But if a person is determined to be an evil person, he's determined to, to, to be immoral, amoral. He's determined to live his life in a way that goes against HaKadosh Baruch, against spirituality, against all matters, pure and holy. A person actually is able to draw a certain power and strength from that. He's able to draw power and strength from the realm of the physical itself and the spiritual guardians, spiritual agents behind the realm of the physical, he's able to actually tap into that and derive a certain strength from that. Meaning, there are agents, spiritual agents that are there behind the scenes that govern the affairs of evil, that govern the affairs of Toma, that govern the affairs of the system that opposes God, the system that goes against Hashem, and these forces need representatives down here. They need representatives. They have to have agents down here. The Koychas HaToma, the Koychas Hara, all the forces and the powers of evil and darkness need to have representatives down here because they want to try to entice people to follow them. They want to try to induce and seduce people to follow the dark side. The dark side has to have agents and representatives. It's got it. And the more a person makes himself that agent, the more he gets that backing from the agency. The Kananim made themselves high, high, top-level agents. Top-level agents for the Kaychas Atomo. They were like on the top of the pyramid over there in terms of the, the system of Tomo, the system of, of, of um, the antithesis of God. And as such, they were top-level representatives of the agency. The agency gives them a lot of power. The agency gives them a lot of, of strength. The agency gives them a lot of, 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 of empowerment. And one thing that that does, the one thing that the results in is giants. These people become giants. This is a land that produces giants, a land where the giants can thrive and survive because you're drawing, you're tapping into that energy, that, that, that dark and foul energy that's permeating the lower nether regions. When you make yourself an agent of that, you're drawing into that. They need you. They need you as an agent. They need you as a representative. And and you will be able to access that power. It's, it's therefore not by coincidence, we're told. We're told not by coincidence that they go hand in hand where you find the highest concentration of Tomi. That's where you find these strong, powerful, physically towering giant people. 
Goliath, we know Goliath. Goliath, yes? Goliath? You know Goliath, how do you say Goliath in Russian? Golishka. No. Not Golishka? No. Right, Goliath. So so um so he was he was a, he towered above everybody else. Is the Chazal tells he came from the highest act of Toma. That was, you know, who is Goliath's mother? Who is his mother, Goliath? What? No, 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 no. Goliath. You know Goliath, Goliath the David of Elchild, the Plishtim? He was the giant, the warrior of the Plishtim, right? Who is his mother? His mother, who is, who is his, who is his uh, nephew? Who is, he, who, who is his aunt? You know who his aunt was? Rus. Goliath's mother was Arpa. His mother was Arpa. Who is his, who is his, who is his, his, um, grandmother, sort of. His, his mother's mother-in-law. Nami. Nami. His aunt was Rus, his mother was Arpa. Goliath, his mother was Arpa. You guys know that? Where did he come from? The Gemara says that Arpa was this close to joining Klai Yisrael. Rus went along. Arpa, Rus went with Nami. Arpa didn't. Arpa went back. Relation of Irish, she turned her neck around. And she took such a plunge and such a plummet. The night that she went back, she committed atrocities. The highest level preachers, the highest level arise, immoralities, which we can't go through on tape. There's families, this is for family audiences. We can't do this on, 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 on tape over here. The Gemara says the, 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 the Shreklach of things that happened when she went back, when she took this plunge, this plummet, she was about to join Kedusha together with Rosh. She didn't. She took this plummet and this plunge. And the Torah that she fell to produced Goliath. But it's the same idea. This giant comes from. Arpa that makes herself an agent and a representative of Kaichas Atoma, of, of, of filth, of Ra. Goliath is an agent for that agency. The agency empowers. The agency needs you as their representative because the agency needs to tempt people, needs to needs to seduce people, needs to convince people. Uh, not Golishka. Okay. Okay, I got it. Goliath. Goliath. All right. So the giant, the tall guy, the really, the really big guy. Yes. All right. So Rabbi Sai. So it's not by coincidence that you find in Eretz Yisrael both. It's a land of giants and a land where you have the agents that represent Tomo. And this is what the Miraglim are afraid of. The Miraglim are saying, "How can we take down these people? How can we? How can we fight them? How can we fight them? They're Anshemidois. They're 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 men of epic proportion." And what they're saying is, you know, we know that there's tum out there. We know that there's 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 filth out there. But this is such a high, such a concentration of kaiches atum of rad that is producing these agents. This is the 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 the, 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 the very representatives of the entire system of rad. That's what's in our soul. How are we going to take these people down? So when we explore the again the the. Um, the lambdas of what they're saying, they're actually making a very, very a, 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 a very um, specific argument over here. A very specific argument, which is, how are we going to succeed in, in challenging and taking down Ra in its very layer? Ra I, I, at its core. The, 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 the dark forces, the dark side, the agents of darkness, at their very layer, at their home, in their home turf. These are the agents of the agency itself. We're going to take on the agency. The giants are being produced over here. The giants are 
are, 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 this is their habitat over here. This is where we have the highest concentration of rat. How are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? This is the argument of the miraculous. To which Yeshua and Kalev say back, Lach menuhem. We're going to eat them up like lechem. We're going to eat them up like bread. Neichlem kelechem. What does it mean we're going to eat them up like bread? It means a very simple idea. Whereas you feel that we can't possibly take them on because they're too much for us, they're too powerful, powerful for us, they're the top-level agents of the agency of evil, you're missing something. Yes, we agree with you, say Kalev and Yeshua. They're the top-level agents. We agree with you. that These guys are all the way at the top. We agree with you that... that um, the reason why they're so big and epic and towering and, and huge and mighty is because they represent at the highest level the Kaishatuma, they are the agents, they are the representatives. But you're missing one thing. You're missing a very critical point over here. And that is what is the purpose of their existence? What's the purpose of the existence of, of, of Ra? You are buying into them. You're buying into their 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 mindset. What's their mindset? If you ask Ra. Why do you have agents? They'll say, we have agents in order to spread our, our message, in order to try to recruit. That's what the dark side will say. Why do we have to have agents down here? Why do we have to have Oig and Sichoin and Goliath and Golishka? Why do we have to have all these agents down here? Why do we have to have these agents? Why? Why do we have to have all these agents? Because we want more. We want to recruit. We want people see Oig and Sichoin. Well, join our team and you can become Ptolemy. You can become a giant just like these guys. You can be powerful just like these guys. That's what we want. We want we want the re- recruiting efforts. That's what the Kaiyach Satum will tell us. Why we have these agents? Say, call him Yeshua. No, Lachmenuhem. You know why they exist? Their very existence is here. They're only here to get gobbled up by us. They're here to be consumed. They're only here to be destroyed. They're here to be, to be our lunch. That's why they exist. The Rebbeinu put them here not for recruiting, not for 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 getting more people on their team. The Rebbeinu Shalom put them here. He put them here for them to be destroyed by us. They exist to be destroyed. You're buying into their mentality. Say Yeshua and call it to the spies. You're buying into their outlook. Their outlook is we're here to spread our word. We're here to spread our message. We're here to recruit. You're making a big mistake. That's not why they're here. They're here to be destroyed and that's the first of two Gavalic insights from this parasha, Rabbi Yisai. Ra, evil, can look scary, can look intimidating, can look awful, can look powerful. We have to remember that evil is here to be destroyed. That's why it exists. So let's repeat that one more time. Yeshua and Kalev are making a very profound argument. They're saying we have nothing to fear, not even fear itself. Not even fear itself because these giants and these Kananim exist in order to be destroyed. They exist for us to eat them. Lachmenuem, neichlem kalechem. Lechem exists to be eaten. Does lechem exist to, to recruit more bread? Bread exists to, to, to go to the amusement park? Bread exists to go to the zoo? Bread exists to, to, to uh, go paddle boating? Why does bread exist? Bread exists to be eaten. Its function, its, its definition, it's here to be eaten. These giants are here to be eaten up. They're here... Their very purpose in life is to be defeated, is to be destroyed. So of course we're going to be able to destroy them because that's why they're here. A whole paradigm shift. You are looking at things from their perspective, that they're here to, to you know, recruit. They're here to proliferate. They're here to propagate themselves. They're here for propaganda and for pushing 
themselves further, they're here to be destroyed. So of course they're going to be all destroyed. That's what they're saying. Lachmenu heim, their 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 entire existence is here to be destroyed. And that's always what evil is about, Rabbi Yisrael. Anything that's evil exists to be destroyed, and we have to remember that. We got to remember that evil exists to be destroyed. Very important thing. Maybe we'll elaborate on that now, or maybe Shabbos Kodesh. But hold that thought. Everyone hold that thought. Evil exists to be destroyed. Everybody got that so far? That's what Kalvin Yeshua is saying. Yes, there is bad as you can get, and as evil as you can get. And these are this is evil incarnate, and these are the representatives of all matters foul and filthy and tummy and unholy. But they exist to be destroyed, so of course they're going to be able to destroy them. HaKadosh Baruch Hu made them so that we could conquer them. And it's always been like that and always will be like that. It still is like that. Evil exists in our day and age as well. And I'm sure everybody agrees with that, right? We were just, Before we started recording, we were talking about what's going on in the beer industry right now. And again, I can't get into too much detail because this is being recorded for family audiences over here. But a lot of evil out there. A lot of tumma out there. There's a lot of filth out there. A lot of filth, and it can look challenging, and it can look daunting, and we ask ourselves, how can we withstand so much evil in the world? The answer is, of course we can, because it's here to be destroyed. It's here for us to take a stand against it. It's here to be purged. That's its reason for existence, so it can and it will be destroyed. But let's go a step further. Let's go a step so further. Scared of yes. Yeah. What they were saying when they were saying that they're so they're 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 um, these they're giants, people of proportion, right? They say um, um, everyone that we saw were people of great proportions. What they were saying is. Exactly. These people are so bad, so ra. That's why they're so huge and so mighty. How, how can we take on people that have the whole backing of the Kaychas Ra behind them? So you shouldn't call them saying backs. Fakir. The fact that they have the the backing of the Kaychas Ra behind them, it's going to make it easier for us to destroy them because they only exist to be destroyed. Oh, so why were you shooting club for saying that, that like, this is the land Hashem promised us? Hashem promised the land. The first thing is to have Vitachin. This is this is the best place for us to go. And Muna Vitachin. And in terms of your argument of Anshemidais, they're here to be destroyed. Lachmenuhim. But let's say one more idea. There's another idea going on in Lachmenuhim. They are our bread. These guys are our bread and butter. There's one more idea. First of all, bread exists to be eaten. These guys exist to be gobbled up. They exist to be destroyed. But there's one more idea of what bread's about. And this is what Ramesha was just saying earlier. Bread. Bread is there to give me life. It's there to keep me alive. It keeps me going. My life is dependent on bread. And my life, excuse me, is sustained by bread. Mishin and, and sorry, Kalev and Yeshua are saying one more idea, a very deep idea. They're saying, not only, Miraglim, you're wrong, that you hold that they're too much for us, they're too great for us. They're too mighty for us. We don't stand a chance. Fakir, you're so wrong. It's exactly the opposite. Not only they're not too mighty for us, but when we take a stand against them, when we battle them, that's what gives us strength. We derive our strength from battling them, from combating them. That's what they're saying, Lachmenuhim. They are our bread. 
What gives us strength? What gives us kayach? What keeps Klaisro going when we're able to take a stand against Tumma? When we're able to stand strong against the powers of Tumma, when we don't give in to Tumma, that's actually what gives us chiyas. That's what gives us energy. That's what keeps us going. Lachmenuheim. Battling them and taking a stand against them is not only not something that we have to be worried about, not only we don't have to be worried about losing, but if I care, the battle against them, when we take them down, we challenge them, that is where we derive our life from, lachmenu. That's where our life source comes from. They are our bread, meaning that that's what keeps us going. That's why we are here. So two ideas that go hand in hand. A, from their perspective, their existence is to be destroyed. They only exist to be gobbled up by us. Ra exists to be destroyed. Ra exists to burn itself out. The first point. And you see this again and again and again all throughout history, right? Haman burns himself out. Paro undermines himself. How does Haman go down? How does Haman get destroyed in the end? How does he get taken down? He takes himself down. They're destroyed so we can take a lesson from that? What? Are they destroyed so we can take a lesson from that? They're destroyed to show us that they exist just to be destroyed. They exist to be to, to, to be to be battled against. They only exist as a means to an end. The end is to make the right choice, to go the right direction, to to go the right way. These people all exist in order to make that clear. The Vacharta Bachaim, they exist to be to be to be to be destroyed, they exist to be overcome, they exist to be conquered. So that's the first idea in Lachmenuheim. The only reason these Kananim exist is for us to combat them, to go against them, to be misnagged to them. And the second idea is we get our very kayach, our very chius, our very life source and life's energy comes from when we battle them, when we take a stand against them. And this is what Yeshua and Kaliver are saying. You certainly don't have to worry about them, A, because B, they exist to be destroyed. So of course we're going to be able to destroy them. And see, our existence gets promoted. Our existence gets 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 enhanced, gets reinforced when we destroy them. Lachmenuhim, they're only here for us. They are our lechem. Our battling them gives us life. That what does that mean for us? Let, let's. There's, a, there's one very very solid practical takeaway that we can take away from this. And again, in our day and age, unfortunately, we're surrounded by rat. It's surrounded by evil. It's teeming. It's 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 uh, swarming out there. The the moral bankruptcy, the amoral society that unfortunately is getting worse. They're going further and further south. These movements. It's scary, but we have to bear in mind these two ideas at all times. The lessons of Kalev and Yehoshua, Lachmenuhem is first of all, the movement exists to be destroyed. Now we're not. Our job is not to run out with swords, you know, and spears, milash and elai, to go and do battle with them. But there's another way of doing battle with them. To realize hey, they exist to be destroyed. How do I destroy them? By making the correct decision, realizing they're only there for me to go the correct way. They're only there to show me the right way to, to go. The tomb is there to show me the kedusha. The tomb is there to show me the tahara. The chayshich is there to show me the or. And they're only there to show me the light, and that and, and and that is how we destroy them, and we destroy them by 
taking the right approach in life by choosing or over Chayshech and, and, and Tahar over Tumah. And every time we make that decision, they're getting undermined and they're getting un- and, 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 and they're getting reduced. Their power is getting reduced. That is destroying them. We, re- we, 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 we make that recognition. They exist for us to destroy them by choosing them correctly. And when we choose correctly, when we choose light over darkness, when we see all that filth, when we see all that Tumah, we make the correct decisions. That's what gives us Kayach. That gives us Kayach. That's our Lechem. That's what we're here for, and that's what sustains exactly. That's what sustains us and keeps us going when we see all that. Some we're exposed to all that, the 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 immoralities, and we say that that that's that's makes it all the more clear for us what's the right way to go. And when we make the, the the correct decision, we make a stand in our communities. We make a stand for our families. We make a stand for ourselves what's correct, what's right, what's appropriate, what's just, that is what gives us kayak, that's what gives us chiz, that's what gives us life and energy. Lachmenu that is our lechem, that's uvacharta b'chayim, that gives us renewed and reinforced life. Okay, so this is what Kalev and Yeshua are telling everybody, and this is very, very, very relevant, it's very timeless, relevant to us nowadays, very relevant to anyone in any days, really. Um, the understanding of Ra, the understanding of Toma, never to be intimidated by it, to understand A, it exists only exclusively to be destroyed, and we destroy it one bit at a time, we make a stand when we do the, the correcting on our on our, our own rights, and and that is what sustains us and, and generates life for us and keeps us going. We should be Zaycha, need for all of us to be of a heart of a Wonderful Shabbos, everyone.